0: friends this is josh blair and i'm the pastor of central valley church and this is our podcast my prayer for the message you hear today that it will inspire you and encourage you to walk closer with jesus this week if you want to stay connected with us please check us out at cvc madera both on facebook and instagram and you can check out our youtube channel central valley church thanks for listening sorting in verse one says this in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Now, if you've grown up in church at all, you probably know this first line of the Bible. In the beginning, God, right? In the beginning, God created And what I love about this verse that sometimes we skip over sometimes because, you know, when we begin to look at Genesis, there always comes out the debate creationism, uh, evolution, old earth, young earth. And sometimes we we skip the simplicity that's found right there in the text. And what I love about this verse is that it reveals to us God's great nature, his character right in the very beginning of the word of God. Scripture tells us that the earth was without form, without void. Sometimes I kind of feel like I have I'm without form with all of the food I've eaten from Thanksgiving through Christmas and all the snacks. I feel like my stomach has been a bit great void, and I've been trying to fill it, and it's not how ha- not happened yet. Uh, but the the world was without form and void, that darkness covered the entire face of the deep. The the earth was in total darkness. It was in a state of chaos and confusion. It was lifeless. It had almost no benefit to it, but then God showed up. He looked over the chaos and said, I can bring life to this. I can bring light to this darkness. I love that God, as, he, as he, the Spirit of God hovered over the water, said, I can bring order to this chaos. As the Spirit of God hovered over, saw the great potential in the middle of the darkness and the confusion and the chaos. Why is that important to note? Because God wasn't working with a clean canvas or a clean slate. God was was working with an earth that was covered in darkness and had no form or substance of significance, and yet God chose to hover over the darkness and bring light and life to it. Why? Because that's the kind of God we serve. God loves to look at chaotic, confused, dark things and say, I see great potential there. I can bring life where there is death. I can bring light where there is darkness. And God, in the very beginning, as he created the heavens and the earth, demonstrated to us his character and his nature, a God who loves to bring order to chaos. Friends, I don't, I, I don't know about you, but I, I've come out of this year, 2020, and it's been a year of chaos, and disorder, and confusion, and we've we've lost loved ones in this year, we've had a lot of hurt in this year, economic and relational issues, and I can read chapter 1, verse 1, and I can find hope in that verse, because my God can look at a year that was full of chaos and darkness and say, I can bring order and light. We've all come out of perhaps the most difficult year of our lives. And it may may be that our lives have been a total wreck, full of chaos and confusion. It may have looked like nothing of significance happened in 2020. But I can tell you that God is in the business of taking our chaos and making it into order. God has the ability to hover over our darkness and bring his marvelous light. Do you believe that? Let me ask you. Has anyone experienced God hovering over their darkness and bringing his light to your life? If you have, let me just see your hands. Have you experienced God hovering over the darkness of your life and saying, I see potential where the world says there is only chaos? Maybe you come from a family that's like, nothing good can come from this family. Nothing good can ever Uh, 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 come out of the town I grew up in, and yet God hovered over that situation of your life and over your neighborhood and over your home and says, "I, I see light where there is darkness. I see life where there is death. I see order where there is chaos. This is the kind of God we serve. And at the very beginning of this year, we need a God to work His order in the middle of our chaos, don't we? Coming out of 2020, I hope and believe that God is going to bring His order In 2021, where we felt like there was only chaos in 2020. As we move into the new year, I have the sense that God is working in the chaos of our lives to bring his life and light again. And we get this sense as we continue to read through the remaining chapters uh, that we've read through from the very beginning of day one, day one, two and three. We get this sense that God in his nature and character loves to loves. To create beauty out of nothing and order out of chaos. When we see God create humanity, he calls it very good and he blesses humanity. But being very good and being a blessing does not mean that they are perfect and they happen to fall in rebellion and disobedience to God. We see Adam and Eve created in harmony and beauty and all goodness and yet they choose to rebel against God. But what do we see about God? That God is patient. He is still loving and he is merciful. I remember as I was younger and growing up in the church, I always thought, why didn't God just start over? Hit the reset button. All right, those two jerks didn't make it. Wipe them out and start again. But that it goes against the nature of our God. Our God, when he sees failure, still says, I see order in the middle of their chaos. When he sees darkness, he says, I can still see light and put light in their darkness. When he, says, when he sees death because of sin, he says, I have a plan to bring them life. He is not a God who says, if it's not perfect, I wipe it out and start over. No, he says, I can deal with your imperfections through my perfection. This is the God that we serve. And as we read through Genesis, we see this from the very beginning. Our God, who could have just wiped him out and started over, and yet he didn't do it. Why? Because he had a plan and he laid it out from the very beginning. Genesis 3 Verses 15, when Adam and Eve are deceived by the serpent who, who is representing Satan, the great deceiver who lied to them and said that you could be like God when they were already created in the image of God, said you can be like them, lied, and God began to speak to the serpent. And he said this, and I put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, and this is God's plan. He says, and he shall bruise or crush your head, and you shall bruise his heel. From the very beginning, this is a picture representation of Christ. When, when, when God saw our brokenness and our rebellion, He said, I have a plan for restoration. And His name is Jesus, symbolizing the snake will bruise His heel, meaning He will, he will be wounded for our transgressions on the cross. But, but Jesus will triumph over the enemy and crush His head. From the very start, we see that God had a plan, even in the midst of our rebellion and our brokenness and our darkness and our pain. God had a plan to redeem and restore from the very start. And from the very beginning of God's holy scripture, we've been taught who God is. We continue to see it in God's interaction with Cain and Abel. As we read along uh, with this week, we read that Cain became jealous of his brother Abel and killed him in cold blood. It's crazy how quickly sin corrupts, isn't it? Adam and Eve rebel against God. With a minor thing. A minor thing. Don't eat this fruit. They do it. Because they think they, their plans are greater than God's. They know better than God. That little action trickles down to the very next generation to jealousy and murder. Because sin moves quickly to corrupt. Adam and Eve brought sin into the world and already it was having its way with their children. Just a side note for us parents. We must be wise about how we live our lives. This year about our little actions, what effects they can have on the next generation. And yet God in his justice does not kill Cain, but exercises mercy. God could have said, you killed, I kill you, but God does not do that. There is still punishment for the action. God kicks him out, says you're going to be a a sojourner in this world. You're not going to have your family. You're not going to be able to be here in this place, but he still protects him. He still has mercy on him. God is still a God of mercy. From Cain and Abel the story picks up and we begin to read about the world growing exceedingly more wicked and sin has brought not only death but wickedness and destruction. So much so that in Genesis chapter 6 verses 5 through 8 it says this the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of their thoughts every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and and he was grieved, grieved him in his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But I thought you said God is merciful. I thought you said that God's character isn't going to just wipe them out. Well, God's character is revealed in verse 8 because it says, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Even in the middle of wickedness, God was looking to be merciful to somebody. Even in the middle of darkness, he was saying, Who can I show my light to? And he looked at Noah and said, I will have favor on whom I will favor. See, the Bible doesn't tell us that, that Moses was a righteous person or even a good person. It didn't say that he earned God's favor. It said that he found favor. It was unmerited favor. What is unmerited favor? The grace of God. From the very beginning of Scripture, we begin to see God's character and His nature. He is patient, kind, loving, and merciful. He is gracious. He decides to have mercy and grace upon mankind by having grace on Noah. And even as God decided to destroy the earth with a flood in the form of His judgment on sin because He will always judge sin, He still gave a way of escape. And it was the ark that Noah built, a place of safety from judgment. As we read throughout Scripture and as we go throughout the rest of this year, we're going to get to 1 Peter chapter 3. And in that section, Peter says, Jesus is our ark of safety. He is our place of refuge and safety from judgment of sin. And we see that this points to the cross again and to Jesus, our Savior. Just in these first 11 chapters of the Old Testament, we see Jesus Jesus, Jesus. Jesus is the one who redeems us. Jesus is the one who will conquer death and sin. Jesus is our place of refuge and safety. God always has a plan, a place of refuge, a place of safety where we can run and shelter. And as the flood waters subside and Noah and his family enter onto dry land again, we still see that sin persists. And finally, we get to chapter 11 in the Tower of Babel. Humanity has this problem of sin that causes our hearts, the Bible says, to be deceitfully wicked. What I, what I don't like about our, our generation and this whole Disney culture of like, follow your heart, do what feels right. Why? That's never led us in the right direction. And even in the Tower of Babel, they're following their hearts and saying, hey, they begin to build a large city. And they man, we can accomplish anything. We can do anything we set our minds to. Let's do this together. They start building a massive city. Let's say, let's build a tower to get that will reach the heavens. And they begin to do these things together. But because they think they know what's right in their own eyes, they begin to do uh, something that that God told them not to do. He said, scatter and go across all the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion over it. And yet they decide, let's hang out here. Rebel against God's word and build a tower because we can do whatever we want to do. But again, we see God's mercy. All the while, God's plan is working in these first 11 chapters of Genesis for restoration, redemption, salvation. As we go throughout this Bible in a year, we're going to be looking at, uh, as we go through the Bible recap, The and you listen to the podcast, the Tara Lee Cobble, who hosts that, as she ends it, she says, she's always looking for what the text reveals about the character and nature of God. She calls it her God shot. What's your God shot today? And as we read throughout every day in Scripture, I want you to say, what is this passage of Scripture? What are these chapters revealing to me about who God is? Not necessarily like, where do I fit in this? Or where does society or history fit in all of this? But what does this say about who God is and what God is doing? And what will God continue to do? and what we what i see over these last 3 days of our reading together through scripture over these 11 chapters i see god's character his nature of grace and mercy do you i see god working the same today as he did from the beginning i see god hovering over the dark earth with its chaos and bringing order. I see Adam and Eve who have everything perfect as they could have it, and yet rebelled, and yet God had a plan for restoration. I see Cain and Abel, who through jealousy murdered his brother, and yet I see God who is merciful. I see Noah's Ark when the world is full of wickedness and evil, God has a plan for salvation. And even at the Tower of Babel, I see rebellion, but God brings redemption. God hovering over our mess and the chaos of our lives and intervening to bring light and life. I see God giving us mercy instead of punishment and grace in order to know Him and to give our lives more fully to Him. I see God offering us an ark of safety through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus because he covers us from judgment. He is our refuge and our shelter from the storm. I even see God working the same way he did today as he did at the tower of babel but just in reverse. Then he gave them many languages to scatter the people. Now he gives us a heavenly language to unite his people. Then he sought to accomplish they sought to accomplish everything apart from God now we can do all things with God through Christ who gives us strength then they tried to build their way to God now God came down to us through his through Christ and his holy spirit and now we have access to the father day and night see everything in scripture points us to who God is his nature his goodness and what he desires to do in us God unites His people. God saves His people. God is merciful towards His people. God restores His people. God brings order to the chaos of our lives. God has never changed. I often hear people say when they talk about the Old Testament that God in the Old Testament seems angry. He seems, he seems vengeful. He seems full of wrath. But, but in the very first 11 chapters of the Old Testament, just a small glimpse of the entire Bible, we see that the opposite is true. We see that God has always been a God of love, always been a God of mercy, always has been a God of salvation and restoration and freedom, always has been a God who seeks to redeem his people. This is the God that we serve. So anybody, anytime someone tells you, why is God so angry? Why is God so wrathful? Why is God so vengeful? Say, no, it's not been God. It's been us. We've been in chaos. We've been in rebellion. We've been jealous and murderers. We've been wicked and evil. We've been walking in this rebellion from the start, and yet God is continuing to be merciful to us. He could have wiped us out, but he said, no, I love you too much. He could have said, I'm going to start all over, but yet he continues to look for someone to be favorable to, someone to be gracious towards. And now as he looks He was gracious and merciful to us through giving us his son, Jesus, who went to the cross for us. This is the God who gives chance after chance to know him. This is the God who turns chaos into order, who brings light to the darkness and life to death. This is the God of the second, the third, and the fourth chances. Are you you grateful that we serve a God who gives us chance after chance, that he is merciful to us, that He is gracious. Instead of rebelling against Him or doing what we think is right in our own eyes, I pray that this morning and as we go throughout the rest of this year, that every day we would look for opportunities to surrender our wills to His will. That we would trust that He knows what's better for us than what we do. That we would not commit the same error as Adam and Eve, thinking that we, knew, we know what's best for us, but that He knows what's best. And as we turn to His Word, and we read from Scripture that reveals to us the character and nature of our God, we will give ourselves more fully and more, more holy to Him. I don't know about you, but I need God to bring order into the chaos of my life. I need God to bring His light into 2021. Come on, anybody? We need that today. If you're needing that this morning, whoever you are, wherever you are in your relationship with Jesus... I believe everybody here has relationship, but I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you're wrestling with. I don't know what kind of chaos is going on in your mind or in your heart or at home or with finances or whatever else. I don't know all of those things, but I do know that God desires to intervene into whatever situation you're in to show his character and his nature to you, that he is loving, he is merciful, he is gracious, he is kind, he is patient, and he loves you dearly. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends. It helps us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the ministry of Central Valley Church, go to cvcmadera.churchcenter.